to the You Are Safe, the podcast. I'm Anne-Louise. And I'm Julie. Hi, Julie. Hi, Anne-Louise. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. Surviving. Yeah. Um, yeah, but talking to you is always a pleasure, so oh, doing good. I was, good. I was thinking about the other day. I think it's so funny. You know, we've mentioned that. We haven't really spoken for a while and, and all these things. And I think it's so funny. We probably haven't been in the same room since the, the 90s, maybe. <laughs> since you were a little baby, exactly. I think. <laughs> exactly. And I, I think there's something really magical that, you know, we started talking in 2020. But also, we're, we're kind of getting to know each other <laughs> through this. Mm-hmm. And yes. I just think that that's so funny that this isn't just this podcast that hopefully can help people but we're also you know getting to know each other getting to know a family member I think it's so nice and wonderful yes and it really it's for you the listener because uh, we learned that when we're just raw and telling each other stories for the first time it's so much more real so and that's what we really want to do um I mean in our relationship but also for the podcast is to so just be real yeah and it's been so interesting to to hear your stories and to tell my stories and see a sort of overlapping, to see similarities. Um, I've definitely felt less alone because it's almost like, oh, maybe there's like a genetic, maybe there's an ancestral. We talk about ancestral mm-hmm. trauma and, and scars a lot. And yeah, I, I just think it's so, so interesting and has been quite healing I yeah. keep healing <laughs> yes yeah. for me it has been as well I love it when I say something and then you go oh me too maybe it's genetic <laughs> I love that <laughs> we just talked about that didn't we with blood types we're like oh yeah me too and, yeah. and fevers yeah. anyway I think it's so fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right uh, uh, let's get to today's topic yeah this is actually one of the the similarity something we've trauma we've talked about because Something I've brought up is um, is weight gain, weight loss, uh, body image, the body in general, <laughs> um, which I think is a very big topic right now because I feel like there's this focus, focus even more on the body. There's focus on the body because people are getting sick. There's focus because people are scared of getting sick and a lot of it is connected to, you know, being a certain weight and being a certain body type, you're more likely all these things. And from a personal place, you know, you see on social media, it's like, I've, you know, time to beat that quarantine weight and exercise and here are those exercises and there's Joe Wicks and all these things. And I wanted to talk about it today because I gained, I gained weight last year. And it was really scary, really, really scary for me. And it's just been such a such a journey with it. And I thought I know who can who I can talk to about this. And Louise has loads of knowledge. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. I've been working as a health coach the the last five years. And, uh, and and talking and learning so much about food and weight loss and lifestyle and all and all those sort of things. So yeah, I I have so much 
to share um, about this topic. So where to begin? I'm, I'm going to take it a little bit back because <laughs> I feel like to understand my, my issues with weight last year, um, I need to sort of take it back, which is my, I sort of grew up in an environment where there was um, eating disorders or an eating disorder. There was um, always talk about diets um, and, and a, a, quite a big focus on weight and how you looked and um, how skinny or how big you needed to be. So it's, it's very ingrained in my brain. Mm. Um, I was quite lucky that I've talked about my love for my siblings, that I was quite protected from it. So it didn't hit me as hard as it maybe would have other people, but definitely still in my brain. Um, and I had very, like, I was sort of like a chunk. Well, you saw me as a child. I was a little bit of a chunk, chunky child with, you know, big cheeks, big delicious cheeks and <laughs> all those things. Um, and always like a little bit chubby, but, you know, nothing, nothing big. I remember getting bullied from it, for it when I was in, in school. And something that's literally always been in my brain is someone said, she, her belly is so big that her tank top strap will break. As in, like, the oh. belly will move, so the tank... And that will have has never left my brain. Oh, I, <laughs> oh, I hear you. I think I was I know. 11, 11 or 12. That has never left my brain. Um, hmm. And then when I was about 14, 15, I suddenly shot up in the air. Like, I'm very tall. And that was the point where my body was like... Zoop, and it was as if all the fat just went with it. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> but like, How tall are you? I'm, How tall are you? I'm 180. One, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So you are tall. You're yeah. taller. Than, I'm 170, yeah. so you're taller. You're a lot taller I'm tall. than me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, and, I, and actually at that point, I started becoming underweight. And not from like an eating disorder or anything, just simply because I stretched out. And I had to like eat more and like eat quite a lot of fat like drink whole fat milk and stuff mm. because I was very 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 skinny um wow. and then it it kind of evened out when I lost when I lost my dad um I anxiety does this does this thing to me that when I'm at my really really worst my appetite is completely gone and I sort of have to force myself to eat. So I just automatically lose lose weight. Um, and I'm just quite, like, I look back at the pictures from my, when I was 18, 19, just when I lost my dad. I was, my sister always says it, about like a lollipop head. Like, because my head is so big, but my body is so tiny at that wow. point. Um, and, you know, it didn't look like I had some sort of disorder or anything, but it, I was I was skinny, and that's simply because I wasn't eating. And thank God for the people around me at that point who would. I remember my housemate used to like make me dinner all the time because oh. she was like, she's not going to eat otherwise. And and it wasn't this no. conscious thing of like I'm not eating. It was just literally like, your body isn't just such a state where you're like, I can't. And my husband now he can, he can see when I'm when I'm doing bad because you know he'll give me food and then he'll have to be like you need to eat another bite or you need to eat two more bites or just have a little bit more and um yeah it's hard so I so I just was skinny um 
uh, around the time where I got in, engaged, uh, 2016, which if anyone can remember was also a super stressful year because that was beginning of Trump, that was beginning of Brexit, that was, there was uh. loads of terror attacks and all the, London, London had all these terror attacks, all these stressful things. I got engaged and um, this is also a whole other episode, but my lead up to my wedding and around my engagement was not a happy time for me. I was very anxious, very stressed, very panicked, um, and I lost uh, a lot, a lot of weight because this idea of transitioning into a new phase of my life was really, really scary for me. And this pressure of the happiest day of your life was really stressful for me. Mm, so yeah. I lost a lot of weight um, because I just wasn't eating and I couldn't eat and I couldn't sleep. Um, so this led into the fact that my, you know, this was the time I got my engagement ring and my wedding ring. So... Fast forward to 2020. There, we're finally here. Um, yes. <laughs> my wedding rings started feeling really tight and really uncomfortable. And I started getting tingles in my hands. It started swelling. I tried to see if it was like carpal tunnel. You know, I was sitting at home. Is it just this? And started realizing, oh, it's actually, I think I've started to gain weight. I started putting on certain clothes. It was fitting really tightly. I was getting like a, you know, a bit of a belly and I went into the darkest, darkest hole because mm -hmm. suddenly this jacket I've been wearing for years wasn't fitting and mm -hmm. I had to wear a larger size jacket and I could, if I bent over, I could feel my pouch, I could feel my belly and every time I did it, it, it stressed me out and... I would look at pictures of myself and I could see the double chin and I could see my arms and, you know, a dress that I had only bought a year ago was sitting so tightly on my belly and I could hardly put it on. And I went into such a spiral and, and it was particularly the wedding rings that was stressing me out because I was like, this thing that I've, you know, this promise I've made, and these, you know, this thing that's just meant to sit on my hand forever, you know, and you can get sucked into this world of these women being like, look at my wedding rings, and oh, all these things, and I was like, I can't wear my engagement ring, and I mean, I'm, I, I, still, I still can't wear my engagement ring, um, and I was in just, just such a, such a dark place, but the problem was, I couldn't get myself motivated to do anything because it was so, so stressful. And, and all I wanted to do was eat cookies. And sorry, I'm, I'm getting really emotional because I didn't, you know, we couldn't go outside. But I, what, like what always sort of keeps me fit and healthy is when I was able to go to work because there was loads of stairs at my work. And, and I'm, I'm not someone who's good at like, sitting down at my desk and then working for eight hours and getting up like I'm someone who has to like get up and move somewhere else and walk up and downstairs and go get a cup of tea and stand and chat like I'm sort of you know that's part of my anxiety but also just my personality I'm just sort of like boo, boo, boo. um but suddenly we were sitting down the whole time and I didn't have this walking up and downstairs and walking to and from work and going to go get a coffee like 
it, it's crazy now to think that that was my exercise, but I'm like, but it, but it was, it was walking back and forth and, and I couldn't do that. And, um, it all led to this peak, which I sort of mentioned in the podcast before where my, basically I had a lot of people around me who were saying like, this year has actually been great for my health because I've been able to do a lot more exercise and I've lost weight and I'm going for runs and all these things and but really led me to a point where I was like I I can't be like this anymore I have something so unhealthy in my brain inside me that's about to cry again that that's telling me like you need to lose weight, but also you can't lose weight, but you need to, like, that has such an unhealthy relationship with, with weight that, like, that I, I'm, I kept saying, I need to lose weight, and yet there was part of me that was like, but I don't, but I don't want to do exercise, and I don't want to go, exercise seems unhealthy, and, and I realized I was trapped in between this idea of losing weight and diet and exercise has to do with eating disorders and I don't want that but I'm not sure I like the way I feel and then also a part of me that was like and this was the adult which had a very quiet voice that was like do we kind of like how we look now and <laughs> like are we sort of okay that we're eating brownies so just just all these voices battling against each other and and just really not knowing every time like and sometimes where you've been like oh I want to exercise I can feel that like trigger in me that's like I don't want to exercise because that means losing weight and I don't want to lose weight and yet I do want to lose weight and yeah so that's been my (laughs) wow (laughs) that's what it led to yeah I can feel all the different parts of you sort of fighting each other and and uh, you know I'd be curious to see which one of these voices is is the real you which one is which one are, are the voices of society? Which ones are the voices of your parents? Yeah. Which voices are the voices of you? Um, yeah, wow. What a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um, oh. It, was, it was a lot. And, and, I, and it would be weird because I would have these moments like when I was unable to fit into clothing and I would have to buy a size bigger and I'd be upset about it and yet sometimes I'd buy a size bigger and it would be too big for me and I'd be like but wait I don't understand or I would buy the same size in a different shop and it would fit and there would be that grown-up being like oh maybe um sizes are just a bunch of bs really (laughs) and we shouldn't really you know if if we can't fit something from one shop but we can in another shop you know that's fine um and also we went to see if we could get my my ring resized and it was a whole thing that it couldn't and we'd have to send it away and and I got really stressed and then the jeweler took my ring and she said this is tiny and it was almost as if I then went into a flashback and like went back to 2016 and was like oh yeah I was super almost depressed and anxious at that point when I was at my skinniest maybe you know maybe my maybe I was too small then Mm -hmm. um maybe my ring shouldn't have been that small maybe you know and and sort of feeling some compassion for me for myself there but but it's just been 
it's been so hard. And I think for some, you know, I, I haven't struggled with, with weight, really. I've never been like, I'm so fat. I've been like, oh, I'm a little chunky. I'm maybe a little bit bigger. And I think when you're just tall, you're, you're never like, I'm petite and so little. You're always like, I'm, I'm tall, like, you know. But, but it's been the first time where I've really been like, oh my God, I'm too big and I can't exercise. And then I think because before lockdown and COVID, you could sort of take a bit more control over it. You could be like, oh, I'm just going to, mm. you know, it's fine. I'll just walk a little at work or I'll just have a salad at lunch. And But this lockdown there was that real battle of hearing people around me being like, I've lost so much weight and it's been really healthy for me. And me sitting there being like, no, not for me. (laughs) I remember, I'm laughing because I remember a moment um, at the gym when the gyms reopened again. And I was so happy to go to a gym to, um, to work out. And, but I was also anxious and I was especially anxious about how other people reacted to this whole COVID situation in the beginning, um, because it could go either way. People go, well, it has gone always, but, um, one of the guys in the, in the class, he was saying, oh, this is so cool. I've been working out every morning and I'm so fit and blah, blah, blah. And I was looking at him thinking, I just want to smash you (laughs) because I'm just trying to survive. You know, I'm just trying to get through this without... Uh-huh. without yelling too much at my kids, without, you know, being too hard on myself. And, you know, it's great. For, good good for you. But do you need to share it in my face? <laughs> and, but I think we put this pressure on ourselves that um, because all the normal things that we've been doing before when our life was normal, you say go, the stairs at work, mm-hmm. your commute, your getting the coffee, talking to colleagues, um, you know, all the movement that you did do before without even thinking about mm-hmm. it, all those things have been taken away from you. And, um, all my routines have been taken away from me too. And it's hard to find a routine that works for you. And then when I finally found something that worked for me, it was taken away from me. And that was really hard to deal with. And what do I do now? And I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to then find something to replace. And what we could do was go running. And my body is not a running body. Same. (laughs) Same. I don't want to go running. And uh, it took a long time to accept for me that running is just not my thing. And walking is just as good. Yeah. And that brings me to um, one of the first things that we we learned as, as health coaches is that it's not just about food and exercise. And um, we do the Wheel of Life. It's often the first um it's called many different things. Wheel, uh, the circle of life, the wheel of life. Basically, it's all the same thing. Um, but it's about looking at your life as a whole. It's not just what you eat. It's not just um, how you exercise or what or that you do exercise. It's everything else in your life. Is um, your relationships? Your uh, how do you interact with other people? How much fresh air do you get? How much water do you drink? Mm-hmm. Um, are you happy with what you're doing? Your job. Um, if you're miserable at your job and you have no good social relationships, it doesn't matter how much broccoli you eat or how much you exercise. You're not going to be a happy, healthy person. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And 
when you said, I go to work and I did my coffee breaks, you know, what I hear is that you were socializing. You were seeing your colleagues. You were talking. You were happy. You were doing your thing. You were in your groove, yeah. you know. All these things were taken away from you. And that's a shock to your system. And uh, so, so first of all, it's not burning as many calories. Your mind is not as happy as it was because it's not getting all the stimulus from people. Mm. Um, you're more sedent, sedent, sedentary, um, so your whole metabolism changes. And uh, on top of that, we're more anxious because what the F is happening <laughs> in the world right now? Yeah. Like, hello? <laughs> And so even if you don't suffer from anxiety or you don't have any mental health issues, this is a scary, bloody thing that's happening in the whole world. It's not just... In Trump world or in Brexit world or in, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's everywhere. Yeah. And when your body's in stress mode, that's all it does. It survives. Yeah. It doesn't need to digest food. It doesn't need to tell you, oh, wait a minute, you need to eat. It doesn't need, um, all it needs is to survive, which means it needs to be ready to run away. Yeah. It needs to free, either free, so flight, or it needs to fight. We need to have strength in our muscles, so all the blood goes to to our muscles. Uh, or we need to um, freeze, completely stop. Mm. And all that takes a lot of energy in your body. And when your body is in that mode, it won't lose weight. Yeah. It won't. You can do anything you want. It won't lose weight. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> that was a lot of information. <laughs> that was. I mean, and also, I'm such good information, and I think. You know, the, I mean, I needed to hear that, but I also think so many people need to hear that, like, and that's why I'm, I've been quite happy that I've seen on social media, a lot of people have come out and been like, if you're seeing people lose weight and you're not like, that's fine. And, and there's, there's nothing wrong there's with you. nothing wrong. And the one I really Absolutely. love is someone said like, Your body's doing, just like you said, your body's doing right now what it needs to to survive. And everyone's body's doing that. And if someone, you know, and this is what I'm learning, is that some people needed to be out running loads and, you know, do all this thing. That's what they needed to do to survive. What I needed to do to survive was actually slow everything down, was actually to lie on the sofa and watch New Girl for the fifth time. <laughs> like, like Yeah, it. and sing, sing Disney songs in the shower. That's what you needed to do. I know, and I think you've once, once mentioned, which, which really helped um, last year, which is this idea of, you know, if you're really, really anxious and you start running and doing hit and all these things and getting your adrenaline up, like, Your, your anxiety is going to keep there. Like, the adrenaline is going to stay in, in motion and going to keep going. And, and I was doing that. I was doing, like, workouts that my friends were doing because I was like, they're doing it and they're losing weight. I'm going to do it. And feeling so terrible afterwards and taking pictures of myself and being like, do I look skinny yet? Do I look okay yet? But not feeling that endorphin rush because... I was feeling so terrible. I was feeling so anxious and stressed. And mm -hmm. I felt even more adrenaline pumping all over my body. And I felt uncomfortable. So what's the science there? <laughs> I, <laughs> I've explained around it. What, what is it that happens at that point? When you're anxious, mm. uh, your whole body goes into the stress response. Mm. Um, 
it's a survival mechanism. We wouldn't survive as a species without this this mechanism. It's something we need. Uh, so back in the days when we lived in the caves and there was a lion or a bear or something, um, we needed to be able to run away and to react fast. And but by and our biology hasn't changed since then. Our lifestyle definitely has changed, but our biology hasn't changed. So when we're anxious about something, and this can be an actual threat or a perceived threat. Mm-hmm. The reason we're an evolved species is because we grew the frontal lobe of our brain, and that brain is our, our um, the part that reasons. So so, but that part doesn't know. Our brain doesn't know if a Threat is real or not real. If we think about something that's scary, you can freak yourself out right now if you think about something scary. Oh yeah, I'm doing you it right now. Your... <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So you can you can actually get your whole body mobilized um, with the stress response by just thinking about something, not by something actually happening. Because you're in your room right now. They're safe. There's nothing. Nobody's attacking you right now. You're mm. safe. Um, but your brain doesn't know the difference. So when your body body your brain has decided that there's a danger. It activates the whole stress response. And that's what we feel when we're anxious. The whole body tenses up. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we either fight, we flight, or we freeze. Mm -hmm. We flight, we run away from the lion. We run away from uh, responsibilities. We run away from uh, commitment. We run away from... What else can we run away from? COVID. (laughs) Yeah, people who actually go running. When you said there are some people who really need to go running, those are those people. Um... Uh, that was flight. Mm-hmm. Fight. We need to. We need to fight. Mm-hmm. People who are very angry. They are in, uh, in fight mode. They mm-hmm. need to fight. They need to yell. They need to get their energy out. Mm-hmm. Um, or freeze. Freeze is just uh, standing still. And when our bodies are are um, working uh, um, as it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, then we we can go into this mode and we can come out of this mode mm-hmm. very fluidly. We can go into the stress mode, into the st- stress response. But as soon as we sort of oh okay, there's no danger, we can go back into the parasympathetic, uh, calming mode where everything works again. Your digestion works again. Your repair system. If you're if you have a cut on your hand, uh, you're you're when you're in stress mode, that cut won't heal. Um, as quickly as if when you're in uh, rest mode. Mm-hmm. And when you're anxious a lot, it's because your brain is is perceiving all these dangers everywhere. And so your body goes into the fight and flight mode. And if you go running when you're in this state, you're just sort of telling your brain, yes, there is a danger because I'm running away from it. Can you see I'm running away from it? So you're just reinforcing the... Uh, the stress response and everything that happens during a stress response your 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 um your heart rate goes up your breathing gets um deeper and faster uh so your blood flows out into extremities all these things happen when you exercise as well so when you're exercising you're just sort of uh, you know enforcing and accentuating all these feelings that an, that a panic attack gives you so if you're anxious and and or, or have an anxiety disorder or just afraid, you know, maybe running is not or or a high intensity workout is not your best um, mode of stress relief. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it's calming down, taking a deep breath, the breath work that you were you you you've been talking about, yeah. um, the lying on your couch and watching something that just makes you feel safe. 
we, I think we've talked about this before, so to watch something or to listen to something that you're familiar with mm-hmm. so you know how it ends, you know what's coming. Yeah. Because when we know what's happening, when there's structure, we feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just, I think what threw me for a loop as well is that I was, I think it started with someone close to me. I think I was feeling like, obviously I was stressed and anxious and worried and everything, but I don't think I was as much thinking about my weight. Um, but it wasn't until someone close to me was like, oh, I've put on a little bit of weight, but so have you. And suddenly I was like, huh? And I was like, have I put on weight? And it suddenly started me very much in this comparing. I was comparing myself so much, being like, how are they losing weight? How are these? And luckily, I have my very, you know, stable husband that is like, but remember what their job is. Remember what their lifestyle is. Remember what their body type is. Remember, like, like, why are you, you know, and I've, and obviously that's a very female thing to be like, how is she doing this? How is she doing this? And forgetting, you know, what, I've never been like a fit athletic person. Like I I never have because I hated sport. I always tried any way to get out of PE. Like, like, so why would you be that? Exactly. And why would I compare myself to someone now losing weight and having a completely different body type and lifestyle to me? Why Mm. would I suddenly be like, they're doing it. How am I doing it? Like comparing myself to, you know, my brother being like, how is he losing weight and thrive? And I think it all came down to this idea of very linked with my own self-doubt and putting myself down. Why are other people thriving and I'm not? Why am I losing? Like, oh yeah, I'm not losing weight, but why am I losing Yeah, the game of life? Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Rule number one is never compare yourself to other people. Yeah. Because you are unique. There is nobody like you. Not Even identical twins have different fingerprints and different uh, bacteria in their gut. N- nobody is like another person. So we can't compare you we can't compare ourselves with other people because it's like apples and oranges or um you can't compare yourself to other people. Rule number 1. Yeah. It's so diff- it's so easy to say but <laughs> difficult to do. Um especially with media and we have uh, celebrities as role models mm-hmm. and all that so, sort of thing. It's very difficult but yeah, keep yeah. Keep that on a post-it somewhere in your house. You know, you are unique, mm-hmm. and what works for you might not work for another person. And that goes with everything: with job, with relationships, with food, with exercise. Anything you do, um, yeah. find your own way. Yeah, but I feel like when you have um, like mental health issues, I feel like it's like ingrained in us because it already feels like sometimes that we're behind other people. Like we have a mm we're, you know, we have a, we're lacking behind, we're not as far off in the race, because think, simple things that other people can do, like go out to a restaurant, is sometimes trickier for us, and, and so this idea of, and, you know, it was just so funny, I just forgot to be compassionate for myself, when I was like, this person's losing weight, and this person's losing inches, and this person's hair looks amazing, and why are they thriving, and being like, Julie, you are living with an anxiety disorder that is linked to health 
during a health crisis. <laughs> Hello. Like, it is, a, and sometimes being like, it is a shocker that you even got out of bed. And, and it, that was what was so good is when I talked to my friends about this and was like, it's really hard. And my friend being like, you're able to shower and put on makeup and put on normal clothes every day. I can't do that. And being like, oh, um, and, and I got a big reality check from my therapist the other day that said, you've been able to hold a job and a relationship and during this and still grow and still be able to do music and still, and it's like just forgetting all, there was just so much focus on this weight like, I felt like I was yeah. losing at that and forgetting I was winning. I'm putting that in quotations. Yeah. In, so, in other things. And the fact that I was... I, had an, I have an anxiety disorder. And, like, I was still not collapsing. I still started a new job. I was still doing all these things. And I was like, if putting on a little bit of weight... And it's not like I exploded. I haven't, like, gone... And that's the other thing I wanted to say is that, like... This is why the whole triggering weight thing is that I haven't you know, put on lots and lots and lots of weight, but I've put on a significant amount to me that it felt different to me. Yeah. Um, and I think that's always important when it comes to weight gain and weight loss is that, like, if you've lost a little bit of weight but no one can see it but it means something to you, then that's just as important than if everyone's like, wow, you've lost lots of weight. And I think that's why when I had put on a little bit of weight and I was like, oh, I think this is okay, but someone else pointed it out and said it was wrong. I think that's why it, like, hit me even, and it was someone very mm-hmm. close to me um, that told me that suddenly that's, I think maybe that's why I responded even more severely because it was like, oh, no, I really put on weight and all these things, even though I hadn't, like, my husband kept being like, you haven't really, like, you know, it hasn't, but... But I think it it also ties in, obviously, health anxiety and the fact that we keep hearing COVID if you're overweight or if you're, oh, oh you know, it'll hit you harder if you carry more weight. And and it, it sends you on this weird spiral, doesn't it? Because you're like, oh, my God, I can't be, I can't be fat, so I need to be out running to beat COVID. But also, I'm really stressed, so I want to sit and bake cupcakes and eat muffins, but... I need to be out there. So you're just in this, I, I thinking about it yesterday, just this like pull, push, pull, like pulling mm. from all these directions. Like I need to be healthy so I can beat COVID, but also I'm really stressed and I need comfort. <laughs> I, I think there's a very important distinction in what you're saying is um, on one side you say, I really want to be healthy so I can, I can beat COVID. Mm. Uh, oh, and I'm on the wrong weight. Mm-hmm. I'm, I weigh too much. And I think those are two things that we need to separate in our language. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, for many years, the BMI number was like an indicator. Uh, you had to be a certain weight. Uh, you have to blah, 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 blah. But new research is, is showing that um, a BMI of 26 is actually uh, much more healthy than, a bi- and than, than the other numbers. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, and, and we get caught up in these numbers, and we get caught up in clothes sizes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when I, I, I remember I, I, um, I've always struggled with weight. I have a very different story with weight than you have that we can maybe share in, a, in another mm-hmm. um, episode. And I had to buy a, a pair of trousers, and the size was XL, and they, they were tight. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I refuse to buy an XXL. Mm-hmm. 
I refuse. Mm. And it was not because I was bigger. If I'd gone into another shop, the size would have been M or L. Um, or, uh, no, probably not M, but L. Mm. And it was just because that extra X came on because someone had decided that that was the new label. Yeah. Um, so it was not because I had gained weight. It was just because someone called it something else. But my brain refused to buy an XXL pair of trousers. Yeah. And so we, I think we get too caught up in these numbers. And I, for me, weight freedom came when I threw it, when I don't, I don't weigh myself, I didn't throw away my scale, I still have it, but I don't weigh myself, mm -hmm. uh, because that number would just every day dictate how I'm feeling about myself, and I think for some people, maybe it works to weigh yourself, but for me, it does not work, mm. um, if that number is too high, I feel, I feel worthless, I feel like shit, I feel like I have no willpower, I feel all the bad things uh, that my, my voices are saying, that I tell clients, that is completely wrong to think that, but it's easier to help other people than to help yourself. Um, so this number, we need to get away from this number. There's no right and wrong number that you need to be. Yeah. Uh, doctors use it as an indicator because, and they do that with everything. They take your blood test and they have a number for your, your health. But what's much more important is how you feel. Yeah. And, and, and um, so when you say, I need to feel, I need to be healthy, mm -hmm. that is a completely different number, you know, a yeah. completely different thing. And that is very unique. Can you run up and down the stairs without being completely out of breath? You know, that could be an indicator of health. Yeah. Can you uh, get out of your chair? How do you get out of your chair? Do you get up really easily or do you have to sort of push yourself up? and, blah, 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 and yeah. Is that how you get up in a chair? If you can get up easy out of a chair, that's a sign that you're healthy and your, your legs are strong. Yeah. Are you moving a lot? Are you eating vegetables? Are you eating different spices? Are you... I think those factors are so much more important. And then how do you feel? Mm. How do you feel about yourself? Telling yourself every day that you're that you're bad and that you're worthless. Um, I think if you get COVID, you can be the numbers can be great, right? But mm -hmm. you're not going to be healthy because your inner dialogue is so unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. And what what's so interesting about that is I actually sometimes use stairs to um, to to not to like trick my anxiety. If my anxiety is like you have heart problems, you have issues, I'll be like. I'm going to climb four, four flights of stairs and then see how we feel. And once I do it and like, I literally am not out of breath. I'm like, do we, do we have like, exactly, exactly. Like the past two days I've been having anxiety symptoms of this like weird whoosh sound in my body. And, um, and I'm saying to my husband, like, do you think something's wrong? It's always, I'm always worried about my heart. That's like one of my triggers for, for mm -hmm. health anxiety. Um, and, and my husband was like, didn't you just do like a 30 minute yoga of like planks and downward dogs and all this stuff? And weren't you able to do that fine? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, I think you're fine. Like, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, and he was like, you were able to hold a plank for like 15 seconds. If your heart was something wrong, like you would have been, you know, not doing well. Probably couldn't do that. Um, yeah. So, 
yeah, that's. But it's again, we <laughs> yeah. we forget these accomplishment accomplishment. You know, you forget to be yeah. uh, grateful for that you could hold down a job, you have a relationship, you all the other things that you should be um, yeah. uh, proud of yourself for. You know, we forget these things, and we hold we hold on to these negative. Uh, and you know, my psychologist uh, she tells me it's again a survival mechanism. Mm -hmm. This is how we survive in nature. We don't folk. We're our brain is negative bias, so we hold on to the negative because that's what's going to keep us alive in um, in the wild. Yeah. Um, because if we see a, a potential danger and we're like, oh, it's fine. I'm sure it's fine, but then it's actually a lion that's going to come and eat you. Yeah. Uh, so we have to be like, ooh, that could be a lion. We we need to be a bit careful. Yeah. So our brain is biased, and I think if we can find that compassion to say it's human, it's human to think this. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Feel into our feelings and then be good to ourselves. Yeah. I mean, and the whole thing with my heart and weight and stuff has led me, and, and COVID, like my health anxiety has been very much at the center. And what I've learned, which is so interesting, is that the reason I'm so scared of of something being wrong with my heart or my health or something is, is not this idea of I'm just suddenly going to drop dead. Um, I have a fear of that that no one will be able to save me, that I won't mm. be able, that it'll be so serious that I'll go to the hospital and they'll be like, no, it's too late, no one can save you. And and learning that I have this this fear of not being saved, that no one can save me. And and honestly, that that is something that has helped me on this journey is that the whole thing with my weight and health and all this stuff is is linked to tonight to a fear I have that no one around me will save me and I can't save myself and and that led to this like you said a compassionate like compassion for myself because when I look in the mirror and I look at my belly and I feel my heart race and stuff it's not me as a grown-up being like you need to lose weight it's a little child being like what if something goes wrong and and our heart stops and no one can save us Sorry, I'm about to cry a little bit because because yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. learn you know learning that it's it's actually a little scared child being like we're mm. you know are are we we don't feel safe and and no one can rescue us and mm. yeah that's just been quite hard but also very telling and and revealed a lot and yeah. Very emotional. And that's why we're here, Julie, yeah. in this, you are safe. Yeah. You're, you are safe yeah. here. But to, to turn it into something positive and to talk about more, you know, where, how did I cope with this is a very weird way that, that I sort of came around to this is that I took a, I took a DNA test with my friends for fun to try and like work out like what are we all these things thinking like I'm not going to be anything interesting like it'll just be you know 100% Scandinavian or something um but getting the test back and seeing that obviously Scandinavian north of north of Denmark <laughs> but also <laughs> that it said like we're a mix of like Scottish Welsh Irish um Eastern European all these things and it's it sort of sent me on a journey where I was like wow like, like Viking, that's like Vikings probably. And I was like, those are strong, strong, big women. And then I was like, who are my ancestors? And I was like, they were all north of Denmark, strong farmer women. And, and I, I went to my therapist and, 
and she said, what does your grown-up look like? And I was like, she's a, she's a broad-shouldered, round woman with a big belly and big boobs, and she's sort of there to protect me. And what was really interesting is I spoke to my aunt, and I, I described this woman to her, and she said, oh, that's, that's your great-grandmother. Like, that's what she looked like. And I was like, what? And she said, yeah, and I didn't know this. And just suddenly started pivoting my brain to being like, you know, I'm, I'm broad, and also singing helped a lot with this. You know, we talked about this idea of I have broad shoulders and a big throat and big lungs, and and suddenly being like, I'm a broad, you know, Viking woman. All these, all these things coming into my head, and and started thinking like, okay, when I was 2016, when I was this skinny, skinny thing. Maybe that's not what my body is meant to look like. Maybe that's what it was then, but maybe I am meant to be. Maybe if I do gain a little bit of weight, that's fine. Maybe if I get even bigger, that's okay. Maybe, you know, this whole connection of these broad-shouldered, broad, big... But I think just as a woman, you're taught, like, big is bad and small is good. Um, but I'm tall. Like, I'm never, I keep saying this. I'm not going to be petite, and I'm not going to be, like... Little and dainty, like that's not me. <laughs> um, no. And and honestly, that has helped so much. And just started looking in the mirror and being like, okay, there's a little pouch there. And by the way, me and my friends always talk about. We're like, can we please normalize the pouch? Like because you go to ancient Greece and all the be- most beautiful statues, they had a pouch. Marilyn Monroe, the most beautiful woman, she had a little pouch. Like, when did the pouch become so evil? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's one of the reasons I I moved away from Denmark, (laughs) I think, because I lived in Copenhagen and people were so into sports and exercise and we have to be fit and we have to be bah, 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 bah. And I was like, oh my God, it's so stressful. Mm -hmm. And then I moved back to Luxembourg where... Um, French women, they eat bread, mm. and so do Luxembourgish women, and mm. uh, we all have pouches, and it's okay, and because we love eating bread, yeah. so I'm eating bread! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm born in Belgium, where they drink beer and eat, you know, they have delicious, rich food, and, you know, and I think that 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 has just really, really helped me, and, and started looking at, started changing the women in my head to be something like the the women a lot of women I really love are slightly maybe bigger I don't want to say bigger but slightly bigger than maybe like the perfect woman in my head is and and I was like but I love them and and following people like Ashley Graham and Lizzo these like larger women that just love themselves and are like yeah my thighs are big so what I have a little pouch who cares like started hearing more of those voices because I think for so long I was hearing one very particular voice saying like you have to be skinny otherwise men won't love you um, you have to be a certain size, you, you know, if you've gained five, you have to be 60 kilos, 60 kilos is very much in my head, you have to be 60 kilos, you have to be 60 kilos, if I was 60 kilos, like, that would be me when I was, like, 14, like, that is, that is not <laughs> healthy, and, and starting to love, I was listening to um, a podcast the other day where they were talking about this idea of gr- grabbing the bits of yourself and being, like, 
thank you for, you know, grabbing your belly and say like, thank you for reminding me when I'm hungry and reminding me to eat yes, and grabbing, yes. you know, I, I did it this yesterday. I grabbed my, my shoulders. I always hate that I have big shoulders and I'm like, thank you for giving me big lungs so I can sing and all the, you know, all these things sort of knocked my, um, but that has sort of, and yeah. your body has been with you your entire life yeah. and it's been car- it's, it has carried you through you know so many things yeah. and it's still there for you and when i look at my big thighs and i criticize myself for my big thighs i also remind myself well my my legs have carried me quite literally my entire life and i've been through hell and back and yeah. they're still there yeah it's so true and you yeah. know as a thinking for myself as well you know one day I'd like to have have kids and I keep saying to myself like I can't hate my belly and my breasts and my shoulders and stuff right now because if I hopefully can get pregnant and have kids that is going to get bigger (laughs) like and if I hate it now then I'll hate it then and I don't want to hate it if I have a baby in there I don't want to be like oh my belly's so big I want to be like woohoo like I'm growing a child cool um and and it was a conversation I said to my friends because they were talking about like oh maybe you need to do you know this exercise or maybe this will work and I just said to them I don't think I can start thinking of losing weight or doing exercise or working out until I fix something in my brain that that says I'm only doing it to lose weight and to be a certain a certain you know type or something and and I'm really I completely I'm really working through that and I've been doing yoga which I love yoga with Adrian like I've you know I'm on day 20 22 23 something um and yoga really helps because especially her because it's never about like you're losing weight it's always like you're you're getting stronger and 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 that helps me so like the phrasing of that and I've been doing more dancing because I never feel like dancing is like losing weight. Dancing is just like, I'm shaking it. I feel good. And and I always feel better about myself when I'm dancing because, you know, you can get lost in this world. And I, I've, I think, yeah, I've just taken. I think know. it's also, that it, sorry, mm. I, I think it's also about what you want out of life. Mm. What do you want out of life? Do you want to focus your whole life on diet and losing weight and looking a certain way. I mean, this has been my revelation in the, in the last year for me has been, um, is this what I want? Is this, is this the focus I want to have all the bloody time? How much do I weigh? Is my belly too big? Are my thighs too big? Am I blah, 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 blah. Is that really the energy, like all the energy I'm spending thinking about that? Is that really what I want in my life? No. It's not. I want to be able to eat that cake and be good with it. I want to be able to eat bread. Able, <laughs> yeah, yes, I am eating. Bread. I want to be able to do. You know, I, I don't. I don't want that other life. And oh. end of story. I know, and it's so interesting. I was literally just thinking about it because I I have this video when I went home and I got to spend time with my nieces and. I have this video, and every time I watch the video, I'm like, look how big my belly is. Look, how... And I'm not looking at the fact that, look how much I'm laughing. Look how much I'm yes. smiling. Like, my nieces are holding my hands, and we're having a great time. Why am I looking at my belly? Like, I'm super happy at this point. And, 
And that's something else that came from last year because I worked so hard on my mental health last year. And my friends are very kind to remind me when they say, like, we've been working on our weight, but you've been working so much on your mental health last year. Um, they haven't been working on weight. They've been working on, you know, getting fit and whatever. But, um, and again, it's this forgetting, like, oh, yeah, I maybe didn't lose loads of weight last year, but I, I went through quite a transformation mentally and emotionally and I built stronger relationships, and um, this is why I love this idea you're saying of this circle of life. Like, maybe that part of my circle, I didn't fully, like, color it out, but the part with my family and my husband and my friends, like, that grew, and that became more colorful, and that gained more, and, um, and you can't always fill everything at the same time. <laughs> no one is perfect all at the same time. <laughs> nobody's perfect at any time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and I think something I really want to just which I hope people are going to get from this is that if you didn't you know fix yourself mentally last year or if you didn't lose loads of weight last year if you didn't you know start a new company or something last year it's a A new hobby yeah exactly it's really okay like like we're all struggling with something like Mm. we're all just trying to survive and we're all I think we're all trying to just do our best with what we have yeah. and um, I've been, while you've been speaking I've been trying to think about this quote that I that I heard in a movie um, the movie was about a deformed uh, child mm. um, and he was struggling he was bull- he was being bullied at school and his mother said something beautiful to him um, and it was something of the sorts of the way your body looks uh, is a testament to what you've been through yeah and but the way you behave is a testament to how you are in the future or something along those lines but the what was important was um your body is a is a you know shows you what you where you've been mm-hmm. what what you've what you've gone through and someone skinny and someone someone who seems to have it all together you know they might not have been struggling with all the things that I've been struggling with you know my thighs are big because there's a reason yeah. I have a pouch you know I have a big belly there's a reason that I've been I've been through a lot yeah. and maybe they the, the people I'm comparing myself to which I shouldn't they might not have been through uh, something you know it, and we have to honor ourselves and honor our, our own journey yeah and and know that we're doing the best we can with what we have. Yeah. And you, the number on the scale is not your worth. Yeah. You know, your your worth is not yeah. your 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 weight. And also, please so remember worth. that things like the clothing industry and the media and stuff is very much run <laughs> not by women. Like you know, it's it's certain people telling us to look certain ways and. And I, that's why I always love those campaigns where it's, like, a bunch of different women. And it says, like, these women all weigh the same. And it's, like, you know, a really, really tall, skinny woman, but, like, a short... So, and it's, like, the you know, I may weigh something, but someone else might wear that weight in a completely different way. And it's, like, stop thinking about weight. And that's why I love, like, can you run upstairs and feel fine? Cool. Yeah, it's just constantly trying to rewire my brain and be like, just because I maybe have a pouch or my thighs chafe a little when I walk <laughs> doesn't mean I'm less than or I'm I'm gonna I'm really glad I thought of this. It it feels like I'm losing. 
Like I'm not losing at life because my thighs change. <laughs> no, no. And I'm not losing. And, and yeah, I'm not losing at life. And also really yeah. yeah. Also really important to remember that when you're stressed, which and this is what you're doing, you're stressing yourself out by focusing on the big thighs and the big blah blah mm -hmm. blah. You're not going to lose weight because your body thinks it's in in stress mode yeah. in um, in fight flight mode, so it goes into stress mode and it doesn't lose weight that way. Yeah. We only release fat when we are in rest and relax mode. Yeah. And and something else is I, I started getting like guilty over takeaways and pizza and fast food and chocolate and all these things that I would enjoy before where I'd be like, ooh, let's get a takeaway pizza. And I started punishing myself and was like, I need to work. And not at all just allowing myself like, hey, it's a really stressful time. If we need to order Domino's, like that's fine and like guilting myself shaming myself and mm. and being like oh and then I saw a great quote that was like um basically now on my Instagram it just has loads of uh people saying that like diets and BMI are terrible which I love because then I'm I'm getting that repeated in my head <laughs> but it yeah. said like if you eat um celery that won't make you lose all your weight so why do you think eating a pizza will make you gain all the weight And it, like, repeated it. I know, and I love it. It was like, why do you think eating a slice, like, lettuce, you know, why do you feel okay about that? But eating a slice of cake is the worst thing you could. And being like, yeah. oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> Just to, yeah. to finish, it's, it's, um, it's been a journey. It's been really hard. And I'm glad I could chat to you about it and get some some comfort. But... I think something that we talk about a lot is this idea of our of our ancestors of the women in our life and I'm I'm really picturing these like farmer you know we come we come from farmers like they would have yeah. had big thighs and big bellies and strong arms to hit so that they're who I'm channeling and being like okay it's okay I'm a little bit bigger because that means I'm strong enough to I don't know what do farmers do yeah. milk <laughs> milk cows I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they do a lot of heavy lifting yeah. stuff. I think they're really strong women. Yeah. Um, and I think for anyone listening, um, if it's helpful to talk about how you've been feeling about your weight this last year, then do that. Talk to a friend or to a coach or to a, a therapist. Or yeah, yeah, don't sit with the shame and the guilt and the stress. And don't by sit and compare yourself and. Yeah. Thank you, Julie, for sharing your story and for being so vulnerable today. Thank you for helping me. Oh, I can't believe I almost cried, basically cried four times. <laughs> Actually, I can. I cry all the time. <laughs> It's just a sign of you being human. Yeah. No, nothing wrong with that. But as, It's as always, please follow us and subscribe to us, leave reviews, and follow us on Your Safe, the podcast on Instagram, and leave comments and If you have any experience with any of this, tell us if you want to. And if there's anything you want us to talk about, then write to us or comment or say anything. We're open to, to anything, really. So mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.